It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. This is Silver and Black today, the post-game edition. Another Raiders loss, 25-20 to the Colts. A real tough one. Uh, They're all tough, I know, for Raider Nation out there, but this one, facing the Colts with Jeff Saturday. We heard all week about the coach that shouldn't be a coach. A lot of people took shots at the guy with a play caller, 30 years old, who'd never done play calling in the NFL before calling the offensive plays. Well, guess what? The Colts go to Las Vegas, to Las Vegas, and beat the Raiders on their own field. Again, 25 to 20. Uh, Joining me to talk about the the, uh, game, I should say. It's it's, it's deflating, I know, for everybody. Again, is my good friend Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, Make sure you check out Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube. Subscribe, watch the show. It's worth it. Uh, and also uh, Swag Jeff will join us in just a few minutes here as well from Raiders Fan Radio. So we're going to bring him on, too, because I really want to get more of the voice of the fan on even than usual, because this is just uh, I, 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 it says it on the graphic there. I mean, is this a new law? I've not I'm not a Raider fan like you guys are. I didn't grow up with the, the misery, as I heard from the last 30 years from the younger fans and all that. So I don't know if this is a new low. It may be. Murph, I'm going to let you go right now for a few minutes and tell me how you okay. feel with this game. I, I look like an idiot, too, by the way, because I went on Twitter and said, there's no way this team loses this game. It's not going to be close. And they did. So tell me, Murph, how do you feel about this and what this means for this team? And this coach, Jeff, excuse me, Josh McDaniels, bettered by Jeff Saturday in his first game. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, Scott. And I don't know if it's a new low as it much as is a new letdown. Like uh, this is ah. the, the most we've ever been let down. You know, um, we, we, in previous versions of the Raiders, we as Raider fan, and I think rightfully so, and probably a lot of different fans of different teams, you know, we lift ourselves up and we kind of talk ourselves into things and we see things that happen in the off season and we look at, at moves or whatever. And we try to find the bright side of things or the positivity behind it. And so we just try to find reasons to get excited about the season or whatever. And sometimes those things are inflated unnecessarily other than just from our silver and black hearts that beat in our chests. you know, like those are the things that kind of drive that, but this season was different. And I say that because we were coming off of a playoff appearance uh, we were coming off of an off season where we added the best wide receiver in football. For those of you that say we didn't do enough on defense. Is that really the truth though? Because we added Chandler Jones. We added Anthony Averett. We added Deron Harmon. We locked up uh, Max Crosby. We, we, you know, we locked up Denzel Perryman. Like we made moves 
defensively to better. And what we've said forever as Raider fans of this current version of the Raiders is that give Derek a top 15 defense. Just give him something that's middle of the pack and watch what this team can do because he's never had that before. And so to to make those move def- moves defensively and then improve offensively by just building on the players that we already had, as I mentioned, Devontae, like we were filled with excitement and hope around this season. And, and there are some detractors that would say, well, the Raiders are going to suck. Well, there's a lot of people that say <laughs> that all the time of the year, and they're not wrong per se. But, what I, but, but those of you that didn't think the Raiders were going to be any better, you're lying. Because the, everybody thought the Raiders were, were going to be better than we were last year. And last year we were a playoff team. So at a minimum, we're looking at a division title, making a wild card, winning a, winning a game. Like there was the, the expectations were higher than they've been. Right. It's like the Gruden era 1.0. Like that's how long it's been. And so, yes, it's it's not only Scott, is it a, is it a low, but it's just a let. It's like, my gosh, we – we thought we were finally like we crossed the freaking summit and we were going to freaking start on a, on a run here. And then now this is what we've got losing to arguably the worst team in football. Well, and that's the thing I would say, Murph, that that even those of us who try to take the objective view of things, and I mean objective from from the the kind of down the middle, not a fan perspective. And I agree with everything you said, by the way, um, is we even believed that this team would be better because of the offense, right? So we, I said it to Mo, I think a couple of shows ago, I said, listen, we knew the defense would be a work in progress. No one was expecting this defense to be lights out. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't going to be the 49er defense, the first defense in the, in the NFL. It wasn't going to be anything like that, but you look at what happened on offense and you said, okay, as long as this team plays complementary football, then guess what? They can overcome that defense. You've seen Kansas City do it for years, by the way. Their defense has just gotten better the last two years. Yeah. So, so you've seen that, and you're like, well, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr, all these guys, come on. I mean, that's going to be, we're, we're going to be right in the thick of things is what fans would say, right? Or even as analysts, we would say, yeah, this team is a playoff team from a year ago, playoff team on paper. It hasn't worked out that way. And a lot of people want to take a side, like you said, blame the defense, blame the offense. And I look at it from both perspectives and say, look, it's everything. Obviously, when you're two and seven, yeah. it's yeah. yeah, the defense is bad. Don't get me wrong. It is bad. They don't have the players there. And they're the the two players they did have that were good are were injured with Nate Hobbs. So you look at how that's been happening. And then on the offense, the offense hasn't clicked like it has. It's also missing players. That's not an excuse. It just is what it is. So uh you see what Devontae Adams can do tonight, right? He he was him and Josh Jacobs carried the team on their shoulders, so to speak. But, but that, to me, is the issue. It's the complementary football. It's everything. That's why I say you start looking towards the future, and you have to start looking two, three years down the road because this team legitimately is not close to what the Kansas City Chiefs are. And so that's what you have to overcome is what the Chiefs are. And this roster, not just with one, two, three more guys, it's going to have to under, undergo, unfortunately for Raider Nation, another rehab. Yeah, you know, I don't like the term tanking at all because I think and I would like to think that professional athletes and professional organizations are built to win. Like that's their goal. And 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 while we're kind of on that topic, one of the things that has really rubbed me the wrong way, and I think a lot of fans was this idea that we knew that as for everything that we just talked about, uh, you know, previously was that this team was built to win today. It was built to win now. It wasn't built. This wasn't set up for us to be a process. 
But mm-hmm. now, like Josh and especially Dave Ziegler are trying to change that narrative and make it about like this, like, you know, two, three year build of a roster and like all this kind of, and I'm like, so I don't really care for that uh, idea. Um, that said, that's what's going to happen. Like that's effectively what's going on. I don't think that the team is openly tanking. I just don't believe in that. But I do believe that there are things that teams will do to like, you know, whether that's, oh, we're in an evaluative period or like whatever. Like they're going to do things that like maybe don't contribute to the immediate success of a team. I don't kind of feels like we're there. Either that yeah. or like as Brandon Marshall said uh, in numerous shows on Up and Adams and there was something else he was on this week where he's basically calling out the Raider locker room for giving up on the coach and, but, but as an indictment on McDaniels. And so, and while we start hearing these really, I mean, these are like, you know, what would normally be taken under consideration as an extreme thought or whatever else, but there's no merit. There's no evidence to prove him wrong. And so this is another thing. I feel like we all have these grand theories about like, whether it's Darren Waller coming back or like whatever, like all these things, but like, are those true indictments on the coach? Well, until we see evidence, otherwise, like we're forced to at least consider them. I'm not saying we got to believe all these theories, but it's just, so, I mean, and then you lose in a game like this, Scott, and I just look at it. I'm like, if, if those things aren't true, then how do you lose? Like, because we're clearly the better team. Like, so, I, I don't know, it blows my mind, man. I don't, this <laughs> is just a freaking, I mean, it's a mess. Yeah. I don't even know how to put it together. Yeah, it's it's hard to fathom because of the, some of the guys you have on the field. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Jeff a question now. Swag Jeff, of course, from Raiders Fan Radio is going to join us as well. And Jeff, I ask you this question because Murph just brought up all the conversation this week, and it was national too, around the, uh, the coaching staff and around Josh McDaniels. This has been something that Raider fans have been talking about. Raider fans, of course, watered him fired a couple weeks ago after the New Orleans loss. Mark Davis came out and said, you know what, uh, we're not going to, he's going to be here for years to come. I've also been saying, look, I don't think they're going to fire him. But now after this game, I said 95% chance he doesn't get fired. But now after this game, I'm kind of rethinking, boy, if this really goes further south, which is hard to believe that it could, but, but clearly like you and Murph were at that game there in Nashville, right? And, and, yeah. and you both commented how there wasn't a lot of energy on the sideline. People didn't have fire in them. We heard that tonight from Harlan and Trent Green on the broadcast again. And so I'm yeah. wondering, if, as you, from your perspective, too, um, is, it, is it at that point now, do you think? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, and I think I said it right after the game to Murph that, you know, if there's a time to fire Josh midseason, here we are. <laughs> we're here right here. We're here right now. We just got beat by Jeff Saturday, man. So, so yeah, you know, but the, the lack of energy on the sideline and, and we pointed it out uh, watching the game too, you know, it's from the top down. The coaches are that way too. Yeah. You see Josh McDaniels, you know, dropping F bombs on TV and stuff like that. And that's great and fine and wonderful, but you got old sad sack, Patrick Graham, you know, standing there with his head halfway down the yeah. entire game, you know, and that transfers down to all the players and stuff as well. And, you know, and so you see guys like Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, all these guys, you know, Blake Martinez retiring mid season like that, you know, yes, I do think that those guys are injured, but maybe they just don't really care for playing for him very much. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you look at, you look at 2021 Darren Waller last game of the season you know, he was banged up. He was still hurt. He had a bum knee. But guess what? He he battled his ass off and played in that last game because of the, you know, playoff implications and all that stuff. It was important, but he was playing for a guy that knew how to lead men. And, you know, you just you don't I don't I don't I don't see it. I just don't yeah. see it. 
It, it, no, it, it's a really good point, Jeff. And I think that um, when you look at how things are unfolding, no matter, you know, players are always going to say the right thing. They're not going to come out and say, yeah, our coach sucks. We don't really believe in him. But now you're at the point where you saw and, – and Trent Green brought up again, I think, a very misleading thing. And I heard this from fans a couple weeks ago, which was, well, they've been close games. Yes, but they've been close games because you've had leads and then surrendered them. It's not, sure. it's not, it's not like you're down three touchdowns and you come back and you lose by a couple points. This has been indicative of this team. This team is unable to hold leads. Does that say something about the guys in the field? A little bit. I think they're undermanned. They don't have enough talent. But from a coaching perspective, the right decisions – Remember, and Jeff, I want to get your comment on this too. Mm -hmm. This week, Josh McDaniels said in his last press conference, we've had a special week at practice. Now, <laughs> he said okay. it. I'm, and, and, and honestly, it's, I'm not bringing it up to be a funny guy, even though I know it's yeah. funny to laugh at. Uh, it's funny in a painful way for you to laugh at. But, sure. <laughs> but you look at that and you say, wait a minute, dude is not – in this world because dude said you had a special practice and then you go out there in the first half, you look at crap again. Okay. Sure. Lucky to score points there at the end of the half where you would have gone eight of 10 quarters without points. So how can somebody say you've had a special week of practice and then you come out and lay an egg in the first half, you can't put four quarters together again. Well, Scott, you know, it, it can be a special week of practice when you're <laughs> playing against Patrick Graham. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when Patrick Graham's playing against Josh McDaniels, hell, every week's a special week when that happens. You know, so, you know, Derek Carr's able to hit his oh. first read every time, as opposed to him actually, you know, you know, thinking outside the box and you know maybe pissing off Josh McDaniels because he's not hitting that first read, something like that. You know, there are other people open. You don't have to throw it to Devontae when he's got three guys. What on was the him. one you said about Horstead? Yeah, Horstead's right. right. It's First quarter right there, you know, it's I think maybe the second or third three and out in a row that we had to start the game. And Horstead's running across the sideline and you see him and he's doing this. Yeah. He's going, hey, wide open, wide open, wide open. And what's he do? He throws it to, you know, Mac Hollins, who's got two and a half guys on him. So I'm like, come on, dude. Like, you know, I'm telling you, last year he would have hit that. Yeah. I, I hit it. Sorry. And, and, no, you're you're absolutely right. And 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 I want to talk to you guys again because any, any, I always want to go into a show not having to talk about Derek Carr unless it's good news, but clearly we'll have to talk about it. And so we'll do that after this first break. Uh, but Murph, I want to ask you too, it, 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 as we get out to the break here, the Raiders two and seven, and you brought up a really important point, which is it's not about tanking, right? It's not about tanking, but at this point when you're two and seven, the playoffs are done. You now have to start thinking about the future. So you have to say, okay, of, of the men on the roster right now, we now have little less than a half season left to see what we got. Who's going to stick around next season? So you start playing younger players. Maybe we see Zamir White a little more. I mean, you got to let Josh Jacobs do his thing. I mean, Josh, J if not for Josh Jacobs, literally this team is over. They don't, they don't win a game. I really believe that. But it, it, and Devontae Adams, don't get me wrong. Great and showed it tonight. But you look at those guys and you have to look at that. So, so as a fan, and you talked about this on your show uh, this past week, which is you got to find the positive. So for the fan, before we go to the break and we'll come back and do some more griping and yelling and gnashing of teeth. But, but before we do that, as a fan, thinking about watching some of these guys who will be around maybe for another couple of years versus the guys who will probably be gone. What do you do as a fan? What do you want to look for? What can you find as that diamond in the rough in a season that's just gone completely to hell? 
Well, I think, you know, you, you, you root for the guys that you know are going to be around for a long time. You know, you look at it like you mentioned, well, I say a long time, Josh Jacobs, you mentioned is having a great year, but Devontae Adams and Max Crosby ain't going anywhere. Like those two guys are going to be around a long time. So I'm going to enjoy watching those guys play. And I'm going to enjoy seeing them be Raiders and for hopefully the entirety of their career. And then after that, it's like, to me, like Jeff and I were talking about this too, like right before we, we, we jumped on with you that, um, this game was a bummer. This is clearly, this game was yeah. a serious letdown but it didn't feel as bad as last week because this week it was like, yeah, okay, we'll see. Like we didn't expect going into this game that we were going to beat the Colts. We knew we should, but as Raider fans, we have already begun to meter ourselves that like, okay, we're halfway through this season. <laughs> this thing is already over. So our expectations that uh, we've been relieved. Thanks Raiders. Now we can just hang out and enjoy each other's company. <laughs> no, so, like, so I think that that's where we we've gotten to as fans. So this one doesn't feel as like, as burdensome and, 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 and as heavy laden as it did when we got shut up. I like to say the saints, right. Or even as I mentioned the Jaguar game. So then what do we do as fans answer your question? Like I look for a guy that like today played great. Luke Masterson, 59, much respect. We, uh, we watched him play live at the last Raiders uh, preseason game. And when I jumped on with you and, and, and Mo and you guys asked, is there a player that you, who would you, uh, you know, would like to see make the team that's maybe a bubble guy. And I said, Luke Masterson. You and did. sure enough, he played great today because, you know, of course we know that Blake Martinez retired and Denzel Perryman was down. And so we're getting into the, to the, to the depth of the linebackers and, you know, where's Will Compton? Let's get that signing going. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, but Masterson played great. So I think that that's yeah. what, to me, that's what I do is I just like to look for players. It's like a glorified version of the preseason. It's an evaluation period. You look for, again, something to root for because we're going to watch every single game. We're, no matter what, we're going to watch every snap of every game. And so to find something to root for, we're going to look for players that, you know, can contribute to the good and, you know, not get a bunch of holding penalties. Jermaine Alumno, <laughs> not to anybody else. <laughs> oh, you mean the offensive line they didn't address in the offseason? Yes, you're absolutely correct. Uh, all right, we're going to step aside real quick for a break. Uh, when we come back, Murph, Jeff, and I will continue the conversation. I want to talk more about Derek Carr. We've been talking about it for a week and a half now. And uh, it's, it's, it's getting to a serious point now, too, even though he did recover in the second half, play better, and certainly put up some numbers. But we'll get to that. You're watching Silver and Black today, the post-game edition. Raiders 25-20 losers to the Indianapolis Colts. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, the postgame edition. Scockle Branson, your host, along with Murph and Swag Jeff from Raiders Fan Radio. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening to this show, uh, do it wherever you can. Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us there. We would appreciate it. Put on auto-download every time there's a new show added uh, several a week. 
guess what? It'll be pushed right to your phone, your iPad, wherever you're getting your audio. We certainly appreciate it. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notifications bell. So every time there's a new video, do that as well. Bringing back in Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Don't forget, also, subscribe to Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube and hit notifications there, too. When the guys go live... It's also great. You got you to watch those shows. I, I love watching them during the week. It uh, gives me a great laugh. And they have a great audience. I know some of the people are here. Some of them are not. But it's, it's the most entertaining show you're going to watch. Uh, and, and the best, my belief, not just because he's sitting next to me here on screen, but my belief, best fan, con- fan content out there. And there's great fan content outside their show. But I really enjoy their show the most. All right. So, Murph, um, let's dive into this because I want to talk to you and Jeff as well about Derek Carr. Because Derek Carr, obviously, the start of this game was brutal. Uh, he kind of recovered, got into the second half. But I'm not even concerned with the numbers. I'm more concerned with the fact that we're seeing, again, unfortunately, balls thrown in directions. Devonta Adams made a massively leaping high uh, grab tonight that shouldn't have been. He was wide open, and, and usually a Derek Carr will hit that. Uh, you go back last year or any previous year, and he's going to hit that play and hit him right in the chest. It just seems, again, that I, I think Derek Carr, still uncomfortable, uh, he did have that one great touchdown pass, stepped into the pocket, which is exactly what you need Derek Carr to do when the pocket breaks down and he hits Devontae Adams for the big touchdown. But outside of that, it still doesn't look good. And I just continue to say uh, that we're marching towards the end of that era, and it'll be probably good for him and and for the Raiders, maybe not good in a year or two until they can get a quarterback and develop them. But um, it just seems like all the directions are pointed that way with the way this season's going. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that we're uh, we're definitely on limited time with with Derek, and 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 I have much respect for him for who he is as a man yeah. and a human being, and 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 all those things. But on the field, like the drop off is is has been significant. And, you know, we can blame a lot of different things. Uh, again, we're not inside the walls of Henderson, so we don't know exactly all the conversations that are going on, or the plays that are being drawn up, and what he's being told to do. We do know Derek is a company man; he's going to do what his head coach tells him to do. But I think at a certain point, as a competitor, um, you're you're gonna you're gonna I don't know you're gonna for lack of a better term, you're going to step into it and, uh, and you're, and you're going to, you're going to, you know, create for yourself and you're going to create for your offense. You're going to create for your guys. And we just don't see Derek doing that anymore. And like, you know, I think back to that throw to Matt Collins that he threw down the middle of the field. I remember what game it was. Jeff will probably remember off the top of his head, but like, but he like stepped into it. He, you know, got into that back foot and like really drove the ball downfield, split cover two. I think it was the Texans game. Yeah. Did he yeah. Do that? yeah. Texans game. Yeah. It was like, like, and so we see that and it's like, that's when like Derek's at his best. And that's what like the challenge of Derek Carr is that we see him do these these amazing things and then we see him do these like little floaty things like i don't know what that that like i don't feel like and, and i watch a lot of nfl and i know you do too scott so is yeah. Jeff. like i don't i don't see other quarterbacks like doing this little like lob like float thing like yeah. down like everyone's like pushing the ball downfield or they're like driving into throws and like he just does this like weird thing and it, and it just like it's almost like an up for grabs thing and then so then and then, like and typically not typically but a lot of times we'll say in fairness to him balls are underthrown or overthrown i mean how many times yeah. are, we, are we seeing that now where again historically we hadn't seen that be the case all the time and i think the biggest conundrum of Derek carr's career and the thing that will con- con- confuse me until whatever forever is that is the inconsistency of it i don't understand how we can see him be so great 
at so many times. You know, I think about the you know against the Ravens, the 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 back of the end zone to Michael Crabtree. Yeah. Uh, you know, or I think about the front corner to Michael Crabtree against the against the Chiefs. I think about like to T. Y. Hilton in the freaking Pro Bowl. Like I think about like Derek's made some amazing throws in his career, but then but then he can't hit a freaking screen. Or he's yeah. thrown behind freaking, you know, whoever the tight end is, whatever, on, on a crossing route. Like, it's just those things, like, I don't understand why he can go from such greatness to such incompetence, frankly. When I think that, I mean, whether whether they see that in practice or don't or whatever, ultimately that's the thing that's defining Derek. And if you're a head coach in the NFL, whether it's, you know, again, we can blame it on things external from Derek, but Derek's the only one with his hand on the football and when Derek's hand is on the football, it's inconsistent. And so if and if you're evaluating him at a, at a, as a quarterback, then it, what are you left with? It's like you don't know what you're going to get week in, week out. So I don't know, like this week, like we saw that feisty Derek Carr, that, uh, you know what I mean? We yeah. saw that start to come back a little bit. But then where did it go? Like you mentioned yeah. it. You know, where, where, where did that happen? It's the body was strong early, and then it went away. It was fleeting, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I understand. Like, that's the thing that's a, the toughest part. And, frankly – Scott, I think that would that even that notion would define the entirety of the team. You don't know what yes. you're going to get from quarter yes. to quarter. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing I would say too to, to build on what you said, Murph. Is you know a lot of people say, well, you know, he's playing with a hurt back, and and he and he is okay. But actually, before he hurt his back, the same thing was happening early in the season. So I, I don't 100%. think that is. I don't think it's a factor. I really don't. Uh, and all of the NFL players at every position, including quarterbacks play hurt they have bumps and bruises it's a tough game man i mean look we don't do it they do it so you know god bless them for having the strength and the ability to do it but but jeff i'm going to turn to you on this one too because you look at Derek carr and you say to yourself i mean look what happened in this game you have matt ryan 37 years old okay so he's seven years older than Derek carr at crunch time this guy, I, I, Mo Moten called it on Twitter a dad run, right? So, and 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 being, <laughs> being at my age, I can understand what he means. So it's like me running across the yard after my pup, my uh, beagle puppy who doesn't want to listen to me, and but he did it at the right time, and that's the thing. We know about Derek Carr's fourth quarter comebacks. We know all that stuff. But in crunch time, especially where you have to lead your team, you have to step up. For whatever reason, recently, it's just not there. And so Derek Carr, in my view, and somebody said it in the YouTube chat, he might be headed to retirement. Because I don't know that after all the mental abuse he's taken being in the Raider organization with all the changes, I don't know if I'd want to play anymore when I got a beautiful family, beautiful wife. Uh, I got all the money I need for my family to live for generations. Why would I do it? But when you look at him, Jeff, uh, is, is it hard for you to watch? Because I know you guys like Derek Carr, but sure. it just seems as though it's coming to a natural end. Yeah, you know, I mean, and and Murph said it too. You know, it's it, it's so frustrating because we we see how great Derek can be. Mm -hmm. You know, you see in games like today. You know that that play, the touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. It was a great it was a great play. He kind of run up the middle right there, ran up the pocket, and right before he got to the line of scrimmage, he zipped it right into seventeen, and Devontae did Devontae things and and took it to the house. So I mean, so you see plays like that, but it just I mean, to at, just talking about Derek today. He just he did his timing was just off all game long. Well, what about where, where's the prognosis though? Like where's yeah. where's this where's he going? Oh, he's yeah he's yeah he's gonna head to the house. He I mean you know I think so. You know I don't yeah. you know everyone says well you know maybe a fresh start to 
go somewhere else, do other things. Now, I, I just think he might be done, man, because, you know, yes, he may be uncomfortable in this offense and it's taken a long time to do his thing or whatever, but he's still an NFL quarterback. And we've still seen him make on-time throws. And it's just, it's not there anymore. You know, I mean, you know, you know, you, you look at a play like last year, you saw Z, you, him Z, hit Zay Jones in overtime in that Charger game that, you know, really helped seal the deal. I, I, he doesn't make that throw anymore. No. Yeah. That, and that, that, accuracy and, at all. no, and that's the concern for me. And we have some people in the chat saying, I can't believe you're putting this all on Derek Carr. We're not even, we're not even we're talking not, about we're that. We're, close, we're talking man. about, we're talking about Derek Carr's play. It's not, it contributes, yes, like it's a loss for everybody, not for just one part of the team. So uh, that's what we're discussing. But but I agree with you. I, I just think that it's gotten to the point, and you reach that point, right? Every quarterback is different. Some guys can play a, a, a lot older, and, and some guys check out earlier. I mean, you look uh, at what guys have done throughout the league, retiring at an early age. But I just think, though, that there's something, and it might be, Listen, it might be a little bit of this issue with McDaniels. Maybe they're not clicking. Maybe the offense doesn't click for him. Maybe he's got to hurt back, and maybe he's just tired of all the bull crap. And so I get it. Whatever it is, it's clear to see, though, Jeff, because you see his play, and it's just not the same. I mean, he was much better last year. He had his moments, too. They all struggle at times. That's what part of athletics is. But, But it just seems as though it's much different. He made a lot of progress in certain areas over the last couple of years under John Gruden. It seems to be the opposite now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I wonder what the uh, what the updated stat is now on because uh, you know he's been the comeback kid for forever. You know yeah. all these fourth quarter overtime comebacks and all that stuff. And I wonder how many possessions he's now had were to drive down to either tie or take the lead. I think it was like he was over nine in the last couple few weeks or whatever. So now it's got to be so 10, now yeah. it's got to be over at least ten. You know yeah. since we were down for a majority of the game, but you know. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just the fire's not there. And when it is, it's extinguished very quickly. Yeah. And Murph, you know, you talk about you look at statistics and statistics can sometimes they can point you in the right direction. You can make arguments for why he's the best quarterback in the NFL and why he's the worst. We're using statistics because that's that's what you can do with stats is you can tell any story you want. But you look at him tonight. He comes back after that awful start. Twenty four, thirty eight, two hundred and forty eight yards, two touchdowns. Did you? It's been over 700 days since Derek Carr has thrown more than two touchdown passes in a game, and oh, in wow. today's in today's NFL, that's a forever stat. Like it's not that throwing two touchdowns is bad, and and if you win games, it doesn't matter, right? But still, in the NFL, to not throw three touchdown passes because everybody has big games, um, it's just it's just a bit shocking. And I and I do part of me, the human side of me, not the football side, not knowing that it's a business side of things. Feels bad for the guy because, you know, he went through his whole career and unfortunately it seems like things are on the downtrend, at least with the Raiders, and he hasn't had a chance to be part of a winning team and and maybe that's partly him and maybe that's the organization. Uh, but I think fans need to just, even if you love Derek Carr to death and still think he's the greatest starting quarterback for your team, I just think you have to look at it somewhat more objectively and understand that it just feels with this regime, if they stay, which you know Dave Ziegler's not going anywhere, but if Josh McDaniels is here or if he's not here, um, you're going to have to plan for that next quarterback, even if you keep Derek Carr for another year or two. And so I think that conversation shouldn't upset people. 
Absolutely. And I mean, father time is undefeated. You know what I mean? And when you look, at, <laughs> yes, he is. A lot of times, you know, people get a, get a short reference point. When you look around the league, like look at the history of the greatest quarterback. Even if you think Derek is one of the greatest, think about the history of, 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 of quarterbacks. They move on late in their careers. And most recently we can look at Tom Brady. It happened to Johnny Unitas. It happened to Joe Namath. It happened to freaking Peyton Manning. It happened to like, yep. you know what I mean? Like other than like Dan Marino, but like, I mean, like it's very, it's, it's the, the, it's it happens less frequently than it than than more like Joe Montana like you know what I mean like yeah. so many quarterbacks have moved on at different at different points points late in their career and Derek Carr's getting ready to be about that age and so you know for those of you that that are in the chat and said we're they're making it all about Derek absolutely we're not and there are 53 people that are that are just as guilty as Derek Carr is for failing this football team not counting the coaching staff so there's plenty of blame to go around and this is something that we say on our show all the time like when we're critical of one component it doesn't absolve the other components of course just not. because we're critical of Derek Carr doesn't mean that we're making it all about Derek and that oh that we're not accounting for the defense no they're guilty too that just that doesn't happen to be the point of conversation for this particular segment or topic so Derek is 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 absolutely guilty just like the rest of them that said i think it's a might be a good idea for derek to move on and whether moving on is for him going to the house and building churches and doing the lord's work and god bless him and i hope he yeah. does and, and and does those things and, and 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 if he gets traded and he may not want to do that i think he's got no trade clause anyway like, yeah okay so yeah so so you know like it wouldn't surprise me scott i mean so with a no trade clause i guess all they could do is just outright release him eat the yeah. five million dollars of dead cap money and you know and then draft or trade for his replacement aaron Rodgers. but like you know so i'm just I'm, you know we'll see i mean we'll see where, where, where it goes, i like how you like, snuck that in there uh <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's the point, right, is 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 you shouldn't get upset. And again, in, in today's world, when you talk about scenarios and you talk about things that are difficult to talk about, like moving on from a beloved player, people want absolutes like, oh, so you're blaming him. No, it's not blaming him. It's just you have to come to a time when if you want the Raiders to win in the future and actually go to a Super Bowl, for example, if Derek stays through his contract, so if he played two more years, I don't think the Raiders will be there yet to win a Super Bowl, okay? So if that's the case, then you have to start thinking ahead. And you you rattled off some great names of guys who went on to other teams late in their career, Namath, Montana, Manning, those guys. And and the NFL, even since, even since Manning has changed significantly, so the best thing a team can have is a great player, a great young player on a rookie contract. That's how you win now. You 100%. have to balance it. You have to balance it. Right now, the Raiders put a lot of money into Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, uh, and Max Crosby. And again, the Waller one I disagree with, but everybody else, I get it. So, and Devontae Adams, of course, worth every penny. So you did that. So now you got to give elsewhere. And guess what? Quarterback position is one of them. If Derek comes back next year, it's $35 million. Okay? It's a lot of money, and you have to decide – is he worth $35 million at that moment? Now, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. I just think it's pointing the other direction. All right, we're going to take one last break. When we come back, I want to talk about the defense. And Jeff and Murph brought up Patrick Graham and that dead stare he's got there every time the camera goes on him. We're going to talk about that and talk about this defense because the defense, whew, you might have to start over with everybody except for Nate Hobbs and and Nate and Max Crosby. So we'll get back to that after this message. You're watching and listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. All right, back here on Silver and Black today, the post game show, an Odyssey original podcast. 
after the Raiders lose to the Colts 25-20 in Las Vegas to fall to 2-7. and seven. Holy moly, just uh, a difficult uh, night for everybody. I hate for you guys all to go to your work week uh, with having to have watched that. Uh, sh- uh, shout out to Manesh Patin, uh, Patney, excuse me, uh, over in the UK. He says, Josh has to go today. Otherwise, a top draft pick is useless. DC is not the issue. Okay, so he's there's a car fan uh, from the UK. Thank you uh, for the chat as well. We appreciate that. Murph, let's talk about defense because we talked about car. We talked a little bit about offense. We talked about the whole thing at the beginning. But when you look at this defense, uh, again, Max Crawford, I'm going to start with the positives, right? Uh, we're going to talk all these negatives. The chat's full of negatives. I get it. Uh, but, but Max Crosby, this guy never stops. It doesn't matter if they were losing 58 to nothing. He would be going his heart. His motor is never off. He is earning every cent. It is unfortunate that the rest of the team isn't there with him. But my gosh, Raider Nation, this guy is a gem, and people got to feel good about him. And he is who you have to build your entire defense around. I couldn't agree with that statement more. That, like, if there's one, I mean, bright spot and something again for us to lock into root for as fans, it's 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 all Max Crosby. And and for everything that you just said, is that that relentlessness? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, clearly that doesn't come from coaching because he's had it before this uh, current regime has been in place. But like, that's what you want. You know, you want ten other guys like that on defense too. And 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 I, I and I think that there's a there's a you know. Hard work doesn't always dictate success, right? Like we can bust our ass and we can do all the work that we can, but sometimes you just got to have externals or you got to have an an innate ability, whether that's athleticism or or otherwise. And so for whatever those things are, they are aligned for Max Crosby and that is the guy. And so I think that you build your, your defense around Max Crosby and Luke Masterson. Um, (laughs) But but like, seriously, like other than that, like when you think about like, like your, the core of your defense, like what else is there to build around? Like that's it. And that's a shame. Like, isn't that like, to me, like that's, that just, that hits me in the feels a little bit that there's one guy defensively that we can build around. I mean, there's not anywhere else in the, the, the secondary or otherwise where we can, we can look at that and be like, okay, this is a, you know, somebody else that we can, because there's not even like any young players that we've drafted really that were waiting to like emerge or whatever, like, you know, cause at this point, I mean, they're all gone. So, <laughs> anyway, well, anybody, I, but that's what, that's what happens when you have bad drafts. You can't have, yeah. you can't miss, you can, everybody, miss, the greatest GMs in the history of football miss on guys all the time. But what they don't do is miss on high round guys consecutive years in a row. That's what sets you back. So you're right. You have a defense now. Okay, you can add Nate Hobbs in, who's been hurt, unfortunately. He looks promising. But then again, Trayvon Merrick did as well, and he's fallen off. Now that could be system. But outside of those two guys and maybe count Merrick as a third. Mullen was that guy too. We were all in love with Trayvon Mullen. And then all of a sudden he was freaking hurt all the time, and we had to get rid of him. Yeah. You know? and, and and so so you're looking and this is where I tell Raider Nation that like you they say, well, hold on to Derek Carr. You have you got to start looking three years down the road. Now, could the Raiders quickly retool and be competitive and a playoff team after another year? I think so. In the NFL, you can do that if you make the right moves, get supplement good drafts with some good free agent players that you hit on not Chandler Jones, um, then, then you, you can, you can, you can do that. Right. So, so I think that's, that's what I would say. And Jeff, I'm going to turn to you on this one too. You look at that defense. And I think if you have, I mean, you go back a couple years with the Raiders defense, the defense has been bad for a while, but you go back a couple years and 
at least you had some guys who really came with fire, right? And and they might not have been the best players, and they were still ranked lower in the. But they played hard. This defense just seems to be so out of whack. You don't get any play on the interior of the front of the defense except from Cleveland Farrell, who's actually improved a lot, and he was a healthy scratch tonight. I don't understand the philosophy of Patrick Graham here, Jeff. No, no, that's that's the million dollar question, right? You know, why did we bring this guy in? You know, he's you know. I, I just don't understand it. You know, you get a guy like Klee who, you know, us on the show here at Raiders Fan Radio, we, I mean, we give that guy a lot of crap, you know, especially yeah. our, our capo Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider, you know, that that's his guy. But uh, yeah, you know, but he kind of was on a hot streak the last couple of games. He looked pretty good. So to have him as a healthy scratch tonight and all that, I, I don't know, man, I'm not with it. Yeah, it's it's tough when you when you look at it that way, especially uh I just think he's played it better interior, but you you got you signed Bilal Nichols hasn't done anything, right? We saw no. this Colts offensive line has been universally just blasted for being terrible. So then you come they gave up nine sacks last week, folks. Nine sacks. <laughs> and the Raiders got the one tonight, right? Yeah. I might be I might be wrong. And that was the, no, that was the one that Max was cleaned up after Chandler Jones missed it. That's right. right, Murph. That's right. And so mm-hmm. you look at that and you say to yourself, wait a minute, you just went against one. Of, now, they can have a better game than they had last week. So you give up five sacks instead of nine, but but not one. Yeah, but isn't that a common theme this season, Scott? Yes. yes. Doesn't it, that, it, 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 it's everyone's, every, everyone's get right game is the Raider game. You know, right. it's just, it blows my mind. That's so crazy to me that, you know, all the talent that we have on this team and, yeah, we look just, at Jonathan Taylor got right tonight. Yeah, he yeah, got oh, right. Yeah, he did. Yards and stuff like that when he's been slumping. So, right. yeah, you know, you look all over the place. You see people all of a sudden just have the game of their life when they play the Raider defense. You know, well, and, just and, don't understand it. And, Jeff, that's why I look at Patrick Graham here, too, and the defensive coaching staff, because sure. it's sort of like, I don't know about you guys, but I love college basketball. And you sometimes see college teams, high-ranked teams, they go to play some cupcake team. And we always used to call it they'd play down to their competition. And a lot of times that's sometimes, I mean, when you're talking about college kids, it's kids, so they can just get distracted. But with professional athletes and professional teams like the Raiders, to me, when you're playing down to your competition – I think a lot of responsibility falls on that coaching staff because they are supposed to get you prepared, get you ready, not let you read the headlines about how bad this team is and instead have you go out and excel. And we're not seeing that. Sure. No, absolutely not. Well, you know, and it's the culture, man. It's not just play calling and stuff like that. It seems like no one's having fun, man. You know, you play better and you work well together when you're out there having a good time with all your coworkers, man, because that's really what this is. It's a business. We all love it. We're fans, all that good stuff, but it's a business, man. And so when these people are in a culture and an atmosphere that is just not good, it's just not fun. You know, they're not going to do anything. They miss tackles. You know, you look at a guy like oh. Rock, Rocky Yassine, man. Uh. You know, great open field tackler in his career. Friggin' missed and whiffed on like three or four today. You know, <laughs> our number 58, I don't even know who that guy is, a depth linebacker, number 58, who missed that fumble right there. I don't even think he just needs clear clear out of his locker room. He's done. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Je- Jeff has you know spoken. I mean? Jeff has spoken. Uh, <laughs> Jeff is going to put him on the waiver wire tomorrow. Watch out. Um, <laughs> oh man. Hey Murph, let's, let's talk about, uh, you talk about this defense. They've surrendered, they surrendered this game. 415 yards of total offense, okay? Uh, Gave up 6 of 11 on third down. That's 55%. Again, goal to go, the Raiders. 
I mean, we've talked about this, right? And the national pundits talk about it all the time. Raiders, uh, they only had one goal to goal. The Colts, the Colts did, and hundred uh, percent on that one. But the average gain on offense seven yards. Jeez. Now. That's not coaching. That's just pure talent. And again, we know players were out injured. Of course, Perryman was out. Farrell was out. Farrell Jr., who's been better of late, was out as well. Um, this Raiders team has been void at linebacker, especially, Murph, for what, 11 years? About? Something uh, like that? Since Kirk Morrison. Yeah, yeah. And so and so, it, it should be no surprise. So when people beat up on the defense, I don't disagree that the defense is bad because it is. But they don't have talent. And and a lot of us talked about that in the offseason and said, listen, there's not much there. Yeah, okay, Chandler Jones, we thought he would make a big difference. He hasn't. And so all the pressures come on the back end of that defense, which we know has crumbled. I mean, they released Jonathan Abram. That's that's where you know they've turned the page and started looking towards the future. But worries me more, Murph, is what Jeff was talking about, was it doesn't look like these players – remember when – Paul Gunther was there and it was too confusing and there was too many calls and people didn't have fun. And it, it seems like we're right back there again. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, our, our buddy, Will Compton, you, you know, uh, Frank Sinatra told me never to drop names, but, uh, so, but our friend Will, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he told us about that, about like a plan into that Paul Gunther defense. And like, he would be running out there. Of course, uh, for those of you that, that don't remember, Will wore the green dot when Tigger yep. Whitehead went out with injury and was the, the leading tackler for the Raiders. Was that 19, Jeff? Yeah. And so, I mean, so Will was an integral part of that defense. And he said there was plenty of times that the call would come in and he'd look around at the huddle and the guys wouldn't know what that play was or they wouldn't know what that that, that call was because they hadn't worked on it yet uh, in mm. practice. It was only in the playbook, but they didn't, they never worked on it. So there was a lot of confusion and there was a lot of players in bad places. And you've heard this coaching staff talk a lot about that idea that like, well, we've got to work upon getting guys in the right places and guys have to get themselves to the right places. And it's almost an indictment of the players. And, and I just, there's something about that idea that like that coach speak of that. Well, my idea is so great. My strategy is so great. It's up to you to make sure that you get to that right spot all the time, but you can't, I think the expectation is unrealistic to, to have that in such a short period of time, whether on offense or defense. And it's just like, there's something about that. There's, to me, I think it's, and again, I'm just a fan, and, uh, and, and I've only ever coached youth football in my life. I okay? played in high school and from <laughs> college, so I, I'm far from an expert around here. But the idea of that you have a system and that you need to draft and or add players that fit your system versus coming into a new environment and building something around the existing talent that you already have. To me, that is a level of arrogance, Scott, that I do not understand. And yeah. I, and look, and these guys are in the NFL and they've gotten to these positions in life because they've been great at what they do. And they're, it's, a, it's such an, um, you know, it's such a small minority of people that get that opportunity to coach in the NFL, whether it's the head coaching position or a coordinator or whatever else. Like, it's such a small percentage of people that actually get to, to go and do that. And just to, to, to have that greatness, to get to those levels, and then you get there, and then you're so, like, ad, ad, adhered or whatever, I don't even know that's a word, but you're so stuck to whatever that yeah. thing is that, 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 that your plan is. I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't you go into an environment and say, okay, this is what this guy does. Great. Right. Let me put him in that spot. Let me just, and, and, and I, and I'll shut up after this. The, the, the part of it, I think that is most confusing to me is that all off season, the entire story of this coaching staff was adaptation was that we're going to be able to, we're going to be able to maneuver on the go. We're going to be able to 
to, to change as we're going along. This Patrick Graham was asked, what kind of scheme do you run? Do you run 4-3? Do you run 3-4? Do you run 5-2? Do you run? And he said, yes. We run yes. all of them because his <laughs> whole thing was, I'm all about getting guys into positions and taking advantage of matchups, the end. And yeah. how much of that have we seen? Correct. And it's it's akin to me walking in and saying, hey, hey, employees, listen, I'm brilliant. I know everything. You got to do what I say. And wait, it's not working. Why aren't you as brilliant as I am? Why? <laughs> why can't you figure it out? I mean, I invented this and I'm freaking brilliant. You should know this. How hard is it, you imbeciles? Right. I mean, that's the and I agree with you. It, it is the ultimate to me in arrogance because and not only that, it's dumb. Because you go in and you don't have the players to do your system yet, right? And so when you evaluate the talent, you say, hey, you know what? We're not there on offense or we're not there on defense. So guess what, guys? Our playbook that used to be 180 plays or whatever the right number is, we're going to shrink it to 60. Because you know what? We don't have those guys yet. So we're going to make it successful because everybody knows, I don't care what you do for a living, when you do something and you start to do it well and you're learning it, guess what happens? You gain confidence and you get better at it. Yes. And then you add something else to it to then further extend and get better. But that's not what happened here. What happened here is they came in and said, here you go. We're brilliant. Ding, ding, ding. Look at all the rings. And guess what? And I was yes. guilty of saying, hey, these guys have the rings too. But at the same time, you have to adjust to the situation and the personnel, okay? If I, if I have somebody who's really good at making pancakes and somebody orders waffles and I know they're going to be crappy, guess what? I'm sorry, we just don't have waffles here. We're going to do pancakes for a while. I'll go hire somebody to make waffles. Hang on. But that's not what they did. No, they went all IHOP and tried to make burgers instead of making pancakes. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just, that's a just great analogy. Pancakes, man. Like, that's what's a great analogy. Like, you know, and I, and I look at like like Gus Bradley, who had part of the revenge tour this that the Raiders are on this week. Like, let's just go lose to everybody that ever coached our team. Um, but like, thankfully, Bill Musgrave is at Stanford or whatever. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, like that, that idea that like, okay, like last year there was criticism around Gus Bradley's cover three defense because it was like, right. oh, it was so simple. And he was like, Look, I'm going to run cover three. That's all we're going to run. And we're going to do our things within the game to get players in positions. We're not going to blitz a ton, blah, 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 blah. Right. And it wasn't great, but it was a hell of a lot better than it is now. But at least like he had his thing, but then he let everybody kind of find their way yep. in his thing. And, and so I, that's the, again, I, it, like whatever, I want to keep rehashing over and over again. But yeah, I just don't, I don't <laughs> understand why you just wouldn't take that into consideration, at least at a minimum, be moldable in a way. Because here's the yeah. thing, and then, and, and like, I am to look at it through the lens of, of like the offense in terms of Josh McDaniels, right? Forever with New England, forever with Tom Brady and Bell Belichick, and all, consistency across the board, like you said familiarity with this over a long mm -hmm. period of time you could introduce all these trick plays and all this creativity and all that kind of stuff because everybody was on the same page that wasn't they didn't drop that day one right you think about peyton manning playing for the colts to keep it relative to the team today he played with tom moore and tony dungy for how many years yep. was, were those two guys the guys that were coaching him directly and the ones he was working with day in day out so you had familiar familiarity with dallas clark and edrin james and all these guys so you could do that stuff you you could expand outside the box a little bit to try to introduce that to a Raiders offense that's got yes it's got talent but man we, we're still you know we've got weakness in the offensive line and whatever else yeah. but like you can't like introduce all these like crazy concepts and things like let's just let's not run a jet sweep on third and two like like let's just oh the Adams pass man the oh, Adams pass I just 
I just I just don't understand it. It's 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 mind boggling. Scott, that, <laughs> that play, we're looking at each other, going like, "Here's Devontae Adams, like <laughs> looking like looking to pass, makes a brilliant play, it's like cr- literally creating you know lemonade out of lemons, and yeah. then Jermaine Illuminor shows up." Come yeah. on, 72, like with the holding, like it's just like that to, is like the epitome of the Raiders season so far. But but that's Ooh, why that's, that's what ball. happens when you have when you have a third stringer starting at right tackle because you didn't address it. Uh, right. And again, uh, you just that's the way they made the choice. They got to live with it. We all have to live with it. Um, all right. Before we're going to we're going to get wrapped up here on the show pretty quickly. I want to go around and get some final comments and I'll start with Jeff and finish with Murph. Uh, Jeff, so you think about. um you think about this game, you think about Raiders two and seven, the fans in chat. And by the way, fans in chat and, and Jeff, I think you'll share this sentiment with me. At least I hope you will. Uh, John Gruden, please don't bring up John Gruden. Let's go higher. Let's go back. No, <sighs> don't go no, backwards. Stop. It's all life is all about <laughs> anything. Go uh, give Rich Basaki a call. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, respect, I, re- I respect those comments more because he actually won more games. But but the point is just look forward. But Jeff, this team tomorrow, I mean, I I cannot believe I thought there would be a sacrificial lamb after the Saints loss and how that went down. Then you had last week. Now you have this week. If you're the Raiders and you're Dave Ziegler. Uh, put that hat on for right now and tell me, what do you do tomorrow to kick this team in the ass and at least try to get things going in the right direction, even if playoffs and all that's out of the question? Well, actually walk up to your best friend, Josh McDaniels, and literally kick him in the ass. <laughs> you know what, I mean? like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you know, you got you got to do better, man. This This ain't working, you know? And hopefully Mark Davis has another conversation with Josh McDaniels. He needs to have another serious heart-to-heart after this game with Josh McDaniels. You know what? Third time's a charm? Yeah, right? Yeah, you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Well, seventh time's a charm. You know, because they have conversations after every game. And, you know, but, you know, yeah. But, I mean, on a, on a serious note, Scott, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean. Patrick Graham? I mean, yeah, Patrick, Patrick Graham's got to go. If anyone's got to, I mean, you got Rob Ryan in the back. Just, just. Throw a headset on him, do his thing, finish the season, whatever, whatever. But yeah, I mean, some something's gonna happen. You gotta have a big shakeup somewhere, right? Because well, clearly, the message that's being, you know, said after every loss, after every week of practice, all this stuff, because it was a what you what you say a special, dynamite, a special week, a special week. week. Good, good. Yeah, it was special, all right. <laughs> um, but you know, so I don't know. You got to do something. You got to shake something up, and you know, light a fire under these guys. It because. They don't know how to do it. Josh McDaniels does not know how to fire guys up. And so, I don't know, bring someone else in. Bring in Fred Bolitnikoff. Bring in a alumni guy, something like that. Call up Tim yeah. Brown, Charles Woodson, any of these guys. Say, Phil Villapiano. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't fire these guys up. So let me get someone else to come in. Be a team player, Josh. Let's do it, man. Bring in Fred Caliendo. See if he can do some impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Swag Jeff, make sure you catch him on Raiders Fan Radio. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Jeff, thanks, man. I appreciate it so much. Ah, Thanks for letting me join in, man. All right. Before I get to Murph, I want to say Kelly Kreiner, my former co-host on the radio on this show, uh, uh, Murph, he, he made the recommendation. He says he can solve it all. He says his new mantra is, uh, you ready for this? Yeah. Hire Jeff Saturday. (laughs) 
<laughs> if that wasn't so painful, it wouldn't be so funny. Oh my gosh. Maybe Richie oh. Incognito's free. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I think he could, he could get somebody fired up. That's for sure. Yeah, what's um, Steve Wisniewski doing right now? <laughs> there you go. His son's a cop in Vegas. Bring him in. What the oh, hell? There we go. Um, but Murph, before I let you go, and again, thank you to Sw- uh, you and Swag Jeff for, for coming on for the extended show tonight. Um, you look at, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Swag Jeff, which was, okay, tomorrow, we, what do you do? And I know everybody's in the chat saying fire McDaniels, fire McDaniels, fire Graham. Those are all options. I don't think the McDaniels thing will happen. Could be wrong. I doubt it. But uh, if you had to go in tomorrow and shake things up, what do you do with this Raiders team, this coaching staff, and the players? Yeah, I think that the, the PG's the guy. And let's not bring in any more defensive coordinators with those initials. Like, I think that that's the move <laughs> to make. And, and you know, and I, and I would like to sit here and give you a more creative answer. But, I you know, when you look at, like, Ziggler is not going anywhere. Here's the thing, Raider Nation. Mark Davis is going to own the football team. He's not selling it. And Dave Ziegler is going to be your GM. And his best friend is Josh McDaniels. He's going to be your head coach. He's going to have some runway. If anything, Mark Davis uh, about him, we know that he gives coaches runway. He gave John Gruden 10 freaking years for crying out loud. Josh McDaniels is not going to get fired midseason. Even though it's probably warranted. And I think that if Mark was more Al, then that would have already happened. But I don't believe that that's going to happen unless there's just an in total complete revolt in the locker room. I don't think that Josh goes anywhere either. So what do you, what happens is that you look the first off, you're going to get player moves and then you're going to get coaching moves. We've already seen the player movement start to happen. So I think at this point it's coaching and where's the one thing you can point at, like, cause Josh is the de facto offensive coordinator. He's not going to fire Mick Lombardi. What does Mick Lombardi yeah. even do? You know what yeah. I mean? So no. I think Patrick Graham is the guy and I, and I hate that. And I, and I hate to just be continually calling for someone's job. Cause I mean, I know what it's like to be out of a job and it's not a pleasant place to be, but like, I don't know what, I don't know what else to, you got, but this is a meritocracy, man. You got to have yeah. results. And that's the, the most glaring deficiency that we have on the team right now is, is the defensive output. And so I think like Jeff's point, you've got a, a, a former defensive coordinator for the Raiders for crying out loud in the building. Like, I mean, I think it's time to just move the headset <laughs> around a little bit and, and call yeah. it a day. Yeah, I love Boogie in the chat says, overthrow the head coach. <laughs> it's a new way to put it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, you get paid a lot of money to coach the team, and the team is not reacting. And I I don't know. We don't know. And we talk about this all the time. We're not in the locker room, right? I'm not there like I was in the building last year, two years ago, uh, it, so I could get a sense for things. We're not there. So so I don't know what's happening in the locker room. But after the last loss you saw, we haven't seen the postgame stuff because we've been doing the show tonight. But it can't be good. And and to your point, if it gets to the point, I, I don't think Josh McDaniels gets fired unless there is such an open revolt and the players stop playing well. I shouldn't say stop playing well; they've played stop playing well already. Uh, but but if they don't if they don't respond and they and they lose the locker room, then you're as Mark Davis, you're almost forced to do that, right? But then yeah. if you look at the you look at the coaching staff, who's going to step up and be an interim head coach? You got all kind. I mean, it's. It's not a good thing. So uh, I agree with you. I think Patrick Graham might uh, be on the on the waiver wire for coaches tomorrow uh, because Mark Davis cannot be happy. We know he doesn't like being humiliated. We saw it after the Jack Del Rio uh, coaching situation when he fired him right after the game. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about that one. So whatever you want to say about Mark Davis, when he's really embarrassed, he's not happy. And so we'll see what happens after tonight. Murph, before we go, of course, tell everybody about the show. Tell everybody about the One Nation Foundation because every show you guys do 
every dollar you collect in the chat and all that stuff goes right to the charity. So tell people all about it and tell people about the Crab Fest coming up in December. Oh, cool. Thank you for asking, as always, Scott. Yeah, so our nonprofit is the One Nation Foundation. We formed it when we realized we could make some money with Raiders Fan Radio. And 100% of the money that we raise, whether that's direct donations or that's advertising dollars or merchandise sales, all goes to the One Nation Foundation, and it supports Raiders-related charities. And uh, the main charity that we're supporting this year is the Blitnikoff Foundation. Uh, the Blitnikoff Foundation sponsors a place called Tracy's Place of Hope and the Blitnikoff Center of Hope, and it helps young women find rehabilitative services uh, from domestic violence or substance abuse and counseling services. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. And so we are going to issue them a check for for ten grand. All wow. thanks to uh, all the listeners of Raiders Fan Radio. That is not from us. That we we are just the vessels. It is 100% our listeners and our audience. And this show has been uh, an incredible, uh, you know, boost to that. And yes. so I thank you for the platform as always. Um, but yeah, but if you, if you check out our show, even if you can't donate to it monetarily, just give us a thumbs up, give us a like, give us a subscribe, make a yes. comment in the chat room, whatever else, just join with us on Wednesdays at 4 PM Pacific, seven Eastern. And uh, just jump in the chat with, 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 with me and swag Jeff and our co-host Michelle and, uh, and, 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 and all of that again, serves, uh, the greater Raider Nation and, and, and the good of Raider Nation. And we're, we're honored to be able to be a part of it. And uh, and thank you again for having us, Scott. And I think Jeff and I are going to now go play Madden 16 and relive the glory <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny having Michelle in there. Do you guys have some estrogen in the room? It's like it kind of breaks it up a little bit every once in a while, which is kind of nice. It does. And she's, and it's funny because she's the feistiest and foulest mouth of all of us. Totally. Yes. And, uh, and, and yeah, and Michelle has been a great asset to our show. We love having her. We are, uh, we have, we've become great friends with Michelle in real life outside the show. And uh, so now have her be a part of it has just been, a, been, a, been, been great. And, you know, she knows her stuff and she's, a, she's about as passionate of a Raider fan as you can possibly get. Like yeah, <laughs> it comes across, yeah. it comes across as it does with you guys all the time. And again, I can't say enough about uh, Jeff, Michelle, and of course, Murph and all, all that they do on the show, not only the good that they do with the foundation, which you just heard about, but just the conversation uh, your listeners are awesome, and and we certainly appreciate that and appreciate you guys coming on as always. And Murph, we will see you next week again. Hopefully, we keep saying it every week. Hopefully, after a win. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You'll or we'll see be, me. or we'll be talking about the we'll be talking about how the how well the how how well did the new defensive coordinator do. There we go. Give us something to look forward to, Raiders. Please, for the love of all things. Like, please. Give us <laughs> oh, that's word. right. All right, Murph. Take care, my friend. Have a good week. All right. Thank you again, Scott. Have a good night. All right. That's going to close it out for us here on the postgame show. Raiders lose 25-20 to the Indianapolis Colts to move to 2-7. and seven. Hang in there, Raider Nation. I know it's tough. I appreciate everybody in the live chat on YouTube. Spirited, good stuff. We certainly appreciate you guys being there and all the support that you give us here on the show. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Uh, we are an Odyssey original podcast, and you can find us anywhere you get your audio podcast. And then if you're watching us on YouTube, do us a favor, hit subscribe and the notifications bell. That way, every time we have a new video, which is usually Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday evening around 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on those, uh, you can watch, including our mailbag show. Also, a shout out to our good friend and my co-host, Mo Moten, still getting over his little bug and what he was dealing with. So we uh, wish him the best of health and hope to have him back on Tuesday, if not Tuesday, hopefully Thursday. For everybody here at Silver and Black today, including Swag Jeff and Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, this has been Scott Cobranson and Silver and Black today. Take care, Raider Nation. We'll talk to you next week.